Hello and welcome to Reeling and the Peers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss all sorts of movies. Joining me today, it's Ono Boyle and he's here to talk about the 1986 action comedy film Big Trouble in Little China. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Boyle, it's it's third time on, third time's the charm. Can you speak fluent English for an entire podcast? We'll just have to see. Let me get my magic eight ball and check. Unlikely. <laughs> that was your perfect opportunity to not speak English. <laughs> I just say, um, um. <laughs> excuse me. Oh, and having to, a stroke. You to speak perfect Mandarin after watching this movie. Like <laughs> that's a, I've, I, I, like I've. Yeah, it's already happened. I've already, I've already <laughs> messed it up. How are you? It's great to have you back. I'm so happy. I'm so happy we could uh, we could arrange a scheduling appointment uh, for you to come back on. Yeah, we n- nearly missed it. Um, yeah. So you you so you've decided. You know, knives out was pretty good. People weren't a bit too sure about Bahubli, a fairly unknown movie about some you know sort of martial arts and stuff. And um, you know, knives out very well known. And then you picked this. He picks Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Some would say John Carpenter's most famous movie. Uh, I, I, I just need to ask who John Carpenter is. <laughs> you what you're signing up for. I do, I do. John Carpenter, uh, the guy who did The Thing and um, the, the other thing and the other stuff. And Th- thing 1 and Thing 2 that featured <laughs> in... Uh... <laughs> In the Nightmarish film, The Cat in the Hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John Carpenter. What else has John Carpenter done? Honestly, I just know The Thing, and now Big Trouble in Little China. It, honestly, the, the Thing is the name of the movie, by the way, in case people keep uh, people think we're just like, oh, he did that, you know, The Thing. The, thing. The, the, the He did Halloween, Escape from New York, The Fog. Well, what I will say is, uh, this is the only... Here's another controversial statement uh, to go along with yours. It's the only John Carpenter movie I've seen. I haven't seen The Thing. I haven't seen Halloween. I know I should see them. Get off my back. Not you, just anyone that comes at me in the next couple of days. They'll be on my back as well because I also haven't seen The Thing. The closest I've seen... Yeah, the closest I've seen of The Thing is a little claymation that was done of the scene where they're burning the monster alive. But instead of like actual characters from the movie it's a reindeer and like a dog and things like that and it's very funny oh wow okay why so yes the only john carpenter movie you've seen so what what made you what made you pick this movie because i'd say a lot of people know about this movie uh it was a movie i used to watch a lot when i was a kid because you know when you're in the country you have access to ote's big big movie and i just Mm. think this was one of them that played quite a lot and as a kid i really enjoyed this movie and then, so I was just like, oh, I've been watching a few older movies these days. I'll go back and watch that one. And then you were like, let's do a podcast about it. And I was like, sure. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say that to me. <laughs> Why'd you pick this? You told me, Gary. You told me to do it. <laughs> uh, I hope but... he's keeping me captive in a room. <laughs> I'm paying rent and live here, but I'm held captive under COVID restrictions. Half of my rent is watching a movie with Gary. So <laughs> We can do this podcast. Um, okay, yeah. Well, I suppose what we should probably do is tell people what this movie's about. Now, oh, I please. had a hard can they, time. Can they tell us. <laughs> I had a hard time. It is. It's a good movie. I, I won't give away what I think of it, but I think it's a. It's a movie. Um, but I 
struggled when I was watching this, like, how am I going to speak about it? So I have a plot description here if you'd like me to read it out, because it is a bit of a tricky one. Okay, let, let, me, let me just lead him off with it. It's just John Carpenter coming back with a new monster movie with the biggest monsters of them all, Chinese people. Yep. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> or the the uh, the Gary version of that, or the one I stole off the internet, mm-hmm. is it is uh, the film tells us the story of Jack Burton, who is helped by his friend Wang Chi rescue Wang's green-eyed fiance from bandits in San Francisco's Chinatown. They go into the mysterious underworld beneath Chinatown, where they face an ancient sorcerer named David Lopan, who requires a woman with green eyes to marry him in order to release him from a centuries-old curse. I think that does a pretty good job of it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't top that. Nope. Uh, that's I saw like, that and I was like, golden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would recommend people to watch this movie because it is a it is a fun movie to watch. I'd say I would nearly put it in the same vein as Behoobly as in it is just, it's a bit of a wild ride. Like yeah. a, lot, a lot happens. But, so uh, it's like this, it's this weird... It's this weird mix between like your diehards, which is like got this character predominantly in a vest, and he's like an he's an everyday man, and he's just trying to do his job. But then also trouble comes upon him. Um, but I suppose the twist in this is that it's basically like an entire martial arts movie comes upon him. <laughs> like <laughs> he turns a corner, and suddenly it's martial arts movie. You're just like, oh fuck, I was a. I was supposed to take a right into Western. <laughs> you joke, but like there's a scene where they literally go down an alley and it's just full <laughs> martial arts it movie is, from that it, moment It is on. like he just walked onto a, a, the wrong set and I was just like, it oh, is. we're doing this movie now. <laughs> yeah, so like I suppose what we'll do is we'll kind of, uh, because it's a bit difficult to maybe go through the plot because it's normally this happens, then very, very strange thing happens, then normal thing happens. Yeah. Uh, I thought we might go through the characters uh, and then that we can kind of tell you where they fit in to the pot, uh, into the plot and kind of fill in the jigsaw puzzle that way. It's like doing the edges. Like, start with the edges and working in, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, by the end of this, you will have as much of an idea of this movie as we had. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of pieces missing from this puzzle. Yeah, it's a jigsaw puzzle that's been in your granny's attic for about 40 years and it's been through three renovations and an earthquake. Yeah, like you, you got the out, you got the outlines going just like, oh, there's going to be a nice zoo and then suddenly there's just a car racing down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> there's just jellyfish in the middle of it and you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's been good ma- maintenance of these jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> that's exactly how John Carpenter made this movie. <laughs> I need more jellyfish! He just went into a prep department somewhere and just like, what do you have left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much um, so yeah so I suppose the main character as I mentioned Jack Burton uh, main in the sense of billing not so much in maybe the played by uh, Kurt Russell he's played by Kurt Russell he's a cocky wise cracking all American trucker uh, who gets involved in this ancient battle between good and evil when he makes a de- when he makes a delivery to Chinatown San Francisco mm-hmm. just thought, stole that as well yeah yeah, um, I, I can see you reading <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help that I have a large scroll and a large magnifying glass as well. It took so long to write these out with a quill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, what, like, so, what do you think? What, what, what did you think of Kurt Russell in this? Kurt, I thought he was great. Honestly, I think he played like the comedic sort of, not, not so much hero because I would definitely say that uh, Dennis Dunn, who plays the the next casting role, Quang Chi, he, he was probably the hero of the movie, and Kurt mm. Russell was just this bumbling buffoon. Who who just had trucker confidence is how I would describe it. Yeah, because like I suppose what I kind of because you're how you're introduced to him 
is it's lashing rain. He's in a truck. He's eating like a, a hot, like I'm going to say a chicken fillet roll. And he's just talking on the radio to nobody. Nobody. He's just, <laughs> he's just talking. He's just going, talking about how great he is. I can't remember. He was just like, yeah, so me and my ex-wife, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, me and the last. And he's just this cocky, like, tough guy eating a sandwich. And I'm just like, I don't like this man already. <laughs> Yeah, and we also know he's a gambler with great reflexes because of some very clever uh, setup. Yeah, so he's like he, they're playing this gambling thing in a in a in a wet market. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a that's a joke for Owen because it was lashing rain and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're playing. Like they're oh, playing I thought that gambling. was a COVID joke. Oh uh, well, it's a bit of both. <laughs> I don't know if it was a wet market, but it was a market and it was wet. Yeah, so, so I just wrote wet market brackets lol. <laughs> <laughs> at the, end, at the um, end we should just read out our notes on this movie uh, what's, okay one random one what do I have I just have brothel <laughs> that's one random one I have I think I I, I had Kurt Trucker ah I like yeah. that we, I think we're gonna call him Kurt Trucker, Trucker instead that's good oh can we call Wang, can we call Wang Chi the kid from Indiana Jones who has no, now grown up that's very lengthy especially for you who doesn't know how to speak English I got it wrote down I should be okay uh, okay I, right. actually, I wrote it on my hand okay you were to call him that for the rest of the <laughs> podcast that's your, that's your ancient centuries curse of. <laughs> the only way you can break it is if you marry a girl with green eyes I'll do my very best um, so yeah, like you said, he he's he's kind of gambling in this wet market, um, and th- there's this scene where it's him and Wang, and they're they, they're by gambling all night. They're raising like it's up to like a thousand quid. You mean Wang, the kid from Indiana Jones who has grown up now? I can call him Wang. You have to call him. I'm gonna the add kid an hour Indiana to Jones. this podcast. That's <laughs> just fine. Like saying his name. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to <laughs> abbreviate it and get back to me. Oh yeah, definitely. K F I J H G U is way better. I think so. Um, so, what you call it? Yeah, so the gambling, he plays this bet. He's like, oh, I bet you I can cut this bottle in half. And he's like, not that bottle. And then he plants, the, they, they swap bottles and he just hits the bottle and it goes up. Kurt, Re- uh, Kurt Refluxes, that's what I got to call him. <laughs> Refluxes. Uh, Kurt Reflexes. Um, and it's kind of from that moment on, it's like Wang is just like, I'll get you your money, I'll get you your money. And they kind of, that's how um, Kurt Russell's kind of introduced into yeah, Wang. But that's, how, how suppose, he's, that's how he's brought into the fold of like yeah. the plot of the movie. And like I think with Kurt Russell in this one, it's a bit it's a bit strange because I just kept watching this, being like, he's a truck driver because the whole way through the movie, he's like doing all he's like he's shooting people with like guns with one yeah. hand, he's doing flips, he's, he's he keeps he's on taking out his, his suit. he keeps on taking off taking out his trusty knife and taking off his jacket every ten seconds for no apparent reason. But why is he a truck driver? I just found it so like why couldn't you just use the diehard excuse of he's an ex-police officer or something. Did they have to make him such an everyman that, like, they made him an unbelievable well, truck driver? I think it's because, like, well, the Fox wanted to make him the main character, but I think John Carpenter really wanted to go against the trends and make, uh, God damn it, kid from Wang Indiana Chi. Jones who has grown up. Oh, wow. <laughs> they had to, okay, they, they, yeah, they had to make him, he would, John Carpenter wanted to make him, I'm just going to say him, fucking problem yeah, solved, right. make him the protagonist and then have the white man as the... Yeah. The backup, the side, the bumbling sidekick, essentially. Yeah, and I think it's kind of cool because you're kind of you're kind of led to believe that Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell is going to come in and kind of save the day, and he's yeah. going to go in and rescue everyone. You think that, and then you realize that he's actually a bit of a bumbling buffoon. In that, like, I don't know. The, the one scene that st- sticks out to me is at like the end, 
battle scene when he shoots up in the air and he gets knocked out. Yeah. It happens in and this, it's, it's like three separate fights where like he fucks up somehow and like is out of the fight immediately. And I think, yeah, so that's why I was like, oh, that's why I said at the beginning, I was like, he's not re- although he may be in, in the billing listed as the main character, but yeah. I don't think he actually is. And it's weirdly, it's like Wang Chi who like slowly creeps in to be like <laughs> the main guy. Yeah. And let's just say he definitely leaps to the occasion. Oh. We'll get to Wang Chi. <laughs> That was a really clever joke, and I hope the audience don't forget it. <laughs> we'll, we'll return back to that one shortly. Yeah. Um, other things I have about um, Kurt Russell is like, I always found he was like asking very reasonable questions, <laughs> yeah. but everyone would laugh him off. Yeah, he, he was all, like he he was like the every the every man there just like he would ask like, oh, we're gonna go to the uh, we're going to the airport, just like wait, no, you're getting in my truck because you owe me like so much money. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be even it'd be even things like even things like um, it's like who the fuck who the hell was that? It's like that's David Lopan, the, uh, the the emperor. And he's like, God, wait, what? Are we talking who? about the, the exposition in this movie? Is just oh, like, I'll fucking get to the exposition in this movie. This movie. <laughs> I, no, they didn't write exposition; in. they wrote a character in to say exposition, <laughs> and that's it. But we'll get to her. Yeah. Um, but like, he just seems to ask, like, he's like, oh wait, who's this? And everyone's like. Pfft. What do you mean you don't know this? I'm like, yeah. this is a guy who literally doesn't belong in your world in both a cinematic point of view, but then also just like logistically. It's like, he's a trucker. He doesn't have to deal with this whole like Chinatown underworld. Yeah. And you're not treating him as if he's like, he, he's here every day. I, I like to think of it's like when Harry Potter gets to Hogwarts and everyone's like, what do you, what do you mean you don't know what the sword and hat He's like, I've literally heard about this yesterday. Can you cut <laughs> me some slack? It's like, please, I keep on asking people, but they just repeat the same thing and leave. Or we get attacked. <laughs> and it's like his main... Um, and like, look, he's an everyday man. The main he thing he wants is his truck back. That's all he wants. <laughs> he can't, like... That quickly turns into the, the crux of the movie is Kurt Russell wants to be Kurt Trucker again. Oh, that's not yeah. actually as clever as I thought it was. Saying it out loud. <laughs> 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 Writing it down, they're just like, oh, you genius. It's a it's a strange thing because like he spends all like the movie trying to get his truck back, and when he does get his truck back after invading this underground Chinatown ancient temple base, he's just like, "Ah, oh, I don't have the keys," and then he's like, <laughs> "Then someone's like, you don't have a spare key," and he's like, "I do have a spare key." <laughs> I'm just like, this guy is an idiot. stupid moment. It's just like, why was that in the script? It's just like, it was just like, I want to give him tension, but maybe like two seconds of tension, and then we move on. I think it's just they wanted him to be in, like a buffoon. Like, even with the lipstick on his on his mouth, you know, when he kisses yeah. um, Kim Cattrall's character, Grace Law. And, oh, by the way, Grace Law, the lawyer. But we'll get <laughs> on to her. Um, it's, um, she, but, like, they, they have lips, he's lipstick on, and there's this whole, like, big showdown. Yeah, with he gives, boss. like, the big speech with the lipstick just covering his face. And it's just, like, he's an idiot. And you should, yeah. like, so they really try and drive that home. I think one scene they try and drive it home is, like, the big fight is happening in this alleyway. Um, it's after he takes that wrong turn, and he's yeah. down an alleyway, and I'll, I'll get to the big that big fight. But, like, he just takes a knife out, and he's just sitting in his truck with a <laughs> knife. It's like these people with like machine guns like outside the truck. Oh, the, the knife is, is my favorite prop in the movie because like he literally always has it. It's such an important prop. But then there's times you just get close-ups on, on on his face crawling through tunnels, which happens a surprising amount in this movie. It's and it's much, yeah. yeah, it's it's about a centimeter thick blunt knife that is clearly made of rubber or foam that he's just like constantly hauling around the place. 
Um, and yeah, like he has that, uh, he has that, like, like just the crawling scene with the vest. I was just like, this is just some serious, serious diehard um, yeah, energy, which made me think, like, with Kurt Russell in this role or Kurt Trucker, um, he he's so lovable as said. a <laughs> yeah, he's so lovable kind of in the role because he's playing it with such charm. I find, um, but then I was thinking like. When I saw the vest, I was like, oh, could Bruce Willis do this? I was like, no, because he would just curse and slap every single person yeah. that ever laughed at any of his, like, <laughs> like questions. Yeah, like, is, uh, can you imagine Bruce Willis, like, reaching for his knife and throwing it accidentally across the room and he scrambles <laughs> out of frame to get it? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, w- I wish so. But, yeah, um, no, I, made- I like Kurt Russell in this movie. I think he did a good job being, like, between, like, just his, like, uh, trying to get all the questions because he's just a fish out of water in the, in this suddenly, like, Chinese mysticism world. But then he's also just, like, he just wants his truck back. He's a simple man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a simple guy. <laughs> um, but it's mad to think that they, so the studio didn't want him for this. The studio wanted two actors, and it's fucking hilarious who they wanted. So uh, John Carpenter was Kurt Russell's choice because I think they've worked together on like a shit ton of other movies. Uh, one of them being The Thing. Um, but the studio suggested Jack Nicholson or Clint Eastwood. Oh, can you imagine Could Clint you imagine? Eastwood? All right, Jack. <laughs> You're in Chinatown. What's going on? Oh, he's just like asking. Give, feed me more. I want to do more Jack Nicholson in this movie. It's low pan. <laughs> just like... Lopan, nice to meet you, buddy. <laughs> Put it here. You kind of sell it. Can you imagine Jack? Ni- Actually, you know, I can't imagine Jack Nicholson with like lipstick all over his face, like if it, trying <laughs> to deliver the, a serious Batman monologue. Nineteen eighty nine, Joker. <laughs> um, so yeah, you mentioned um, that he is uh, Kurt Russell's character is not the main character of this movie. It's probably more Dennis Dunn's uh, Wang Chi. So he's Jack's best friend and restaurant owner whose fiance is kidnapped by Lo Pan. Yeah. Oh, can we just have a quick aside about his fiance and the... uh, my first note here in all capitals is Wang is punching. <laughs> I just like just every time I've seen it, it's just like I feel like she acts once in the entire movie, and it's when they kiss at the end of the movie, and I'm just like, oh, she did have emotions. Mm. And just another fun thing about it is like she hardly walks in this movie. Like she very rarely has her feet on the ground in this movie. <laughs> does that include the bit where she levitates? Yes, it, it does include the bit where she <laughs> levitates. <laughs> Um, so tell me, what, what did you think about Wang Chi then? Uh, I think, like, uh, other than, you know how Pride and Prejudice, I swear I, I am answering your question just in a very roundabout way. <laughs> yeah, in Pride and Prejudice, oh no, it, it wasn't Pride and Prejudice, it was Drive. And it's how everything in Drive, every like scene probably goes a bit too long and everything is just a bit too long. And I would say this movie has the opposite problem. Where lines are delivered at lightning speeds. Yeah. <laughs> and that is my, that is my first introduction to Dennis Dunn in this movie is Wang Chi, as he just machine guns through his first few lines of the movie. So I like, it's definitely a rough start to him, but as the movie goes on, and especially like in the action scenes, he really cu- pulls it together, I think. Yeah. So like he, you kind of, you kind of think he's this, he's the psychic. He's going to be the, um, you know, kid from Indiana Jones who grows up and is big now. And you kind of think that, but then you sort of realize that he is more comfortable in this world that like him and Kurt Russell are like yeah. diving deeper and deeper into. And you're realizing that he's much more equipped for all these situations. And Kurt Russell's the idiot. And you kind of think, okay, maybe like Wang Chi's going to be like the boss. And yeah. then, so what happens is they eventually like, 
like I don't, don't even play by play but basically they're in the secret lair they get out of the secret lair and now they're back in the secret lair when they go into the, the secret lair um, for the last time and there's a big fight scene at the end he just fucking he just yeah, f- like, he's just bossing it yeah, he is he, he, he just turns into a little ball of murder and uh, <laughs> I will talk about more in the, the action scenes of the movie but yeah. like yeah he, he just he's literally the hero of the movie like he, he beats like he, he constantly kicks ass he's clearing the way uh, like he's just like he is the character that actually solved the issues where Kurt Russell is like looking for his knife or he, Kurt Russell is knocked out yeah because you don't expect it but all of a sudden he's got a sword he's just flailing about like, <laughs> like they all get dr- they all get drugged at one stage and they feel yeah. great <laughs> yeah like can we talk I, I was gonna I was gonna cover that more in Egg Shen but yeah, um, yeah they, they're in this elevator going down to the secret lair and they're all you know getting ready and then Egg Shen who's this kind of um like basically a turbo driver but yeah. he's a lot more um, but he's like I have a magic potion it'll help you they all drink it and it's like it's gonna make you feel better blah 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 and then ev- no everyone else plays it cool but like Kurt Russell's just like yeah I feel good <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not saying it's so aggressive he's like yeah I feel pretty good yeah, De- I feel invincible the, yeah, Dennis Dunn was like it as well he's just like yeah I do feel good and obviously I don't know what the fuck it did to him but like it, this is probably where the movie get like it is very like um, I, I can't say I have much experience in watching like Chinese martial arts films or anything like that or anything from like Asia but like the uh, the last bit of this movie is where it gets the most kind of exaggerated probably with this this is like big long flips and leaps yeah. and stuff I just have flips and flips and flips written down it's like I, I can't I can't think of anything else like it but it's just insane and it's this whole I know we'll probably cover it a bit more at the end but I just want to say that because Wang Chi's pretty crucial is they're like they're literally like jumping across the room at each other and then like fighting in the air as they're passing by sword fighting (laughs) yeah him and another character we'll get to in a bit but like yeah like he's this really cool guy and joe makes not makes me sad because i'm i don't really know what much dennis dunn did after this (laughs) i don't know much about which yeah i don't know what much else dennis dunn don did after this i like how you've caught my in my impediments (laughs) yeah um but he was I don't know yeah don't know what he did else after this but he what he Dennis did after this so <laughs> I'm not letting this go that's the joke I meant to make um but he I, yeah he never became big after this I don't think so no, I don't, but it's this was not Jackie Chan apparently was the first choice for John Carpenter in this role but um one of the producers on it Lawrence Gordon was like said no nope. uh, like he was highly against it because apparently Jackie Chan's English wasn't very good in other movies he had seen at that point. Um, and it kind of makes sense when, like, like you said, Wang Chi or Dennis Dunn has to go through all these lines very, very quickly and keep yeah. up the pace of the movie and be the very knowledgeable person and being able to relay the, not only the information to um, Kurt Russell, but also to the audience. So I can kind of understand why they'd be quite, you know, persistent on having like a fluent English speaker. But man, would have this movie been better with Jackie Chan? In fairness, like, why, why do you even, you, you do not need your character to know good English in this movie and no script at all when you have Kill, Kim Cattrall as Gracie Law, ergo the exposition machine. I don't think she's as bad as... Oh, Margot? The journalist. The journalist, who, yeah. Who is the person I wanted to speak a bit about. Oh, okay, yeah, on. yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, I suppose we can get on to, to Gracie Law, the lawyer. 
Like this fucking like these names are fucking atrocious. You got Wang Chi, which sounds like a fucking penis pill, yeah. and then you've got Crazy Law. I don't know if that's offensive, but Wang Chi, Chi Wang, come on, it's, it's, like, Jack, it's like Jack Burton, where in a in a state, John Carpenter just looked at his whiskey shelf and he saw Jack Daniels and some bourbon, and he's like, close enough. Ja- yeah, he was ordering a drink, a drink at a bar, and he was like, I have some Jack Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> who who are you asking for, Jack Burton? That's a pretty good name. <laughs> Have you ever been to Chinatown? <laughs> oh my god, sorry. I have the perfect crossover now. Show that Jack Nicholson was in Chinatown. <laughs> it's that character in this movie. Oh, okay, there we go. We brought them together in holy matrimony. <laughs> Wang, you owe me $2,000. I'm loving the Jack Nicholson, sorry. <laughs> like, you're hitting your quota of like one impression per episode. I, do, I think I'm doing a pretty good job of it. <laughs> Um, yes, Gracie Law. What can you tell me about this lawyer uh, who she just is says the on most the Wikipedia a lawyer who is Jack's love interest? She is the most annoying character in this movie. I like. I found just between like her like delivering nothing, but then also falling for Jack Burton. For I don't get it at all. Jack has not just been seen as competent this entire movie. I don't feel like he deserved a love interest. <laughs> No, 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 not at all. But like, it's it's weird because like they they say they share this kiss together in the the elevator, which kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. In terms of there's no chemistry between the two, and the more and more movies I watch for this podcast, the more and more I realize it's like like how these movies like just this happens so much. Um, but for this one, it was specifically Pride and Prejudice and that hand flex scene. Yeah, I'm pissing off all the Pride and Prejudice fans again. But it's <laughs> you, you got all ten of them. I got all ten of them. <laughs> Mr. Darcy's a dick. Anyway, sorry, wrong podcast. But anyway. Um, is, it, is this the kiss they shared in the famous trap elevator that everyone kept on getting into? Yes, uh, not in Pride and Prejudice in this movie, oh, okay. correct. Although the trap elevator made it, would have made Pride and Prejudice so much better. We're not talking about Pride and Prejudice. We're talking about Big Trouble in Little China. But yes, there's an elevator. But I, I think the only reason he kissed her was because of that magic potion that kind of gave him like all this confidence. That's the only way in like that character in my eyes would have been like, like, yeah, I'll do this, even though they're in, like, danger and stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, fair. Maybe. Maybe it was just Kermit Russell looking at a young Kim Cattrall and going, she might not know this isn't in the script. But, yeah, like, I, I, I kind of think, like, she, she has some good bits in that, like, she kind of is, like, leading the ex, like, leading the drive for them to go, like, find Wang Chi's, you know, fiancé. Because he's obviously motivated by, you know, personal reasons. But then she's like, no, this has been happening a lot. You need to get in there. Here's a disguise for you. I reached out to this lawyer and hoping to get some... Like, she is competent in a way. Like, she seems like she's trying to do good. Um, It's just that in terms of what she's given to do, i.e. be captured and married. It's like, could you not have given her a bit more to do? Like, she doesn't yeah. really have any big moments in it. There's definitely a good chunk of the middle of the movie where she's just, like, under the control of the evil sorcerer. Yeah, so we'll get to him next, um, but I wanna, we'll finish off uh, Gr- Gracie, yeah. Gracie Law, the lawyer. My God, I still can't get over that. But <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was a very phoned-in name. Wasn't it? But yeah. yeah. So she, yeah, uh, other than the fact that she kind of goes to marry David Lopang, there's unfortunately not much about her other than the fact that Kurt Russell kind of fancies her and that's why we're introduced to her because she's at the airport waiting for, for her mate, um, this, you know, Chinese girl with green eyes and then all of a sudden, um, Cha- Wang Chi's fiance uh, with green eyes also comes out of the airport terminal but there's some shady um, sort of mob end up kidnapping the wrong girl yeah, because th- this is before there was airport security yeah. Um, oh honest, yeah this movie was actually filmed before any security whatsoever <laughs> 
There was but no police, uh, but yeah. nothing. But I suppose now's a good time, speaking of uh, her getting kidnapped and married, we can talk a bit about uh, James Hong's David Lopan, an ancient Chinese sorcerer who was cursed by the Emperor Quin Shi Hong, condemning him to wander the earth as a ghost until he can find a green-eyed woman with which to appease the gods. And that's like I, that's just common knowledge. I, yeah, any, I can't, anyone like, that you, doesn't know yeah, how to say that verbatim, like ugh. yeah, Gary, that was really good summary. I can't, like I can't believe you managed to get through that. Maybe the curse is broken. Maybe true. I that would explain the green-eyed girl sitting beside <laughs> me in a in like a wedding dress. You just need to poke her with a needle, and no audience, not in, not as not with my <laughs> Wang Chi. <laughs> oh my God, my God, we went the same way with it, but I went vulgar and you went clever. <laughs> Um, so right, tell me a bit about tell me a bit about David Lopin. David Lopin is the cr- crucial evil element of this movie, the drama that we needed. He is behind all the evil doings in uh, Little Chinatown. Wait, what? Why did I say Little? Is it not just Chinatown? It is Chinatown, but it is called Little China. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But he is behind Chinatown. Is Little China? No, yeah, true. And this is what is what movie is this? What city? Sorry, is it again? <laughs> what, what movie is this? <laughs> what are we talking about again? Um, this, it's in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco, yes. Yeah. So you know, like he lives in the ancient tunnels underneath San Fran mm, in yes, the yes. ancient Chinese spirit world. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've seen yeah. it myself. Very inviting. It's actually found right under his own whorehouse. So <laughs> <laughs> is it? A, is that connected? Because they go to basically they go to a brothel to try and find because that's who ended up kidnapping Wang Chi's fiance. It's yeah. like brothel, uh, but then Wang Chi sends his henchmen, and we'll get on to them. Well, uh, best part of the movie, best part of the movie uh, to to take this uh, take his fiance. But the brothel and th- them aren't connected. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, well, yeah. So I'm just thinking of the cage. Remember, like there was a load of women in cages underneath the ground. Oh yeah. yeah, that, yeah I was just thinking oh, there was. Yes, yes, yes. It's there's so many trapped women in this movie from both a. <laughs> You know, literal sense, but then also metaphorical. There was definitely some women trapped in roles. <laughs> yes, very true. Um, oh, actually, uh-huh. just, just speaking about women in this movie, I will give this movie credit for being very progressive. That they had like a like a full like onslaught of like female villains, or, like a female like team of villains who like oh, had to like yeah, and they actually like went toe to toe with the, the main the main guys. Yeah, and, like kick some ass. So I think that was pretty progressive for a movie at this time. Yeah, like again, I th- I think I would have liked to see like if uh, Kim Cattrall being the main you know female lead, in it, I think I would have liked to seen her, you know, do a bit more action. But like you know, that's so Samantha of her not to. For those playing at home, she plays Samantha from Sex and the City, but she's not returning to the reboot for some reason. I don't think she's difficult on set. <laughs> this uh, her being difficult on set could explain the re- like when they were all captured and in the little jail cells, everyone is just like lying there reading a book. The journalist character Margot was just writing. And uh, yeah, Gracie Law is hogtied for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like she's probably just, I don't know, stating some Gracie laws. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I don't want to make any more jokes on this now. <laughs> right, David Lopan, come on, tell me a bit. David Lopan, but yeah, basically, I think you summed up pretty nicely. But like, what, what, what were your feelings towards Lopan? Ah, uh, creepy, which I think was what he was going for. Like he had his he had his whole like evil sorcerer vibe and his uh, light up eyes and mouth, which sort of like pretty iconic for a villain. And then he had his wheelchair, like also him his like per- wheelchair persona. Yeah, so he'd kind of have like two personas. He had like a body that was like physical, which was just him as like a thousand years old old man in wheelchair. But then he had this more kind of spiritual 
presence that he could also become like like phase through stuff and he's kind of the mate like the the kind of the spirit version of him is like the intimidating guy he's like seven feet tall really intimidating really imposing uh but then also there's that other version of him where he's this old man just in a wheelchair with some really awful makeup um either looking like an old version of the guy from the wolverine from japan or ken Watanabe from inception yeah he, he just does a great job being creepy he uh he just like loves laughing in weird ways and speaking in riddles and ordering. like he has lost his mind it's yeah, so he, obvious like this guy is like he's a billion years old he's just lost his fucking mind yeah and every time he talked all i could think of is uh the father from kung fu panda um what's his name again mr ping yeah he, from lope for from from i wrote it down that's exactly the same thing i was like why the fuck do i know this guy's <laughs> and he, yeah he's the he's the he's the panda's dad in, um, in kung fu panda kung fu panda and um, my favorite superpower of his the ability to grow a coke nail when he turns into the spirit <laughs> Ah, oh, I, I knew there was a, one very long little finger nail at one point as he's turning into this spirit, and it's just a bit like uh, that seems like an unnecessary ability. Ah, uh, yeah, I just, I just knew the, I knew there was a joke to be made with the coke nail, and I just couldn't put it together. But thank coke nail, hundred percent the way to go with that. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned a bit earlier about the the, the needle and stuff. So what kind of happens in this is he has to marry. Um. Like it's a, a girl with green eyes, and it's like Van Morrison, I, but like it's like Van Morrison's song "Brown Eyed Girl," but <laughs> it has a whole creepier meaning to it. You're my green eyed girl. Do like, you remember when? <laughs> singing as Jack Nicholson. We used to sing <laughs> "Sha la 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 la," oh, slipping and a sliding. <laughs> God, ah, oh, Jack Nicholson's voice just will never be the same to me. <laughs> but yeah, so he has to, yeah, so he, that's why they're abducting these uh, girls with green eyes uh, to marry. So they have to go through this weird ritual where um, the three henchmen that we'll get to in a bit um, do some peacocking and they then give her, give them a sword and they have to like float up into the ceiling, touch a light. And if they don't burn, they're good enough to marry him. So yeah, would... pretty much. Yeah, they had a, they had a nice they had a nice runway show. And... Yeah, so that's a there's a there's a weird yeah. tunnel, and then these three henchmen like approach her with their skills and stuff for no other reason than to just be like performance, which I don't really understand. Yeah, it's it's just the culture. You just don't get it. It is it's that just, is that yeah. like, and you know what? That that would be honestly fair. Why the two fucking white Irish guys don't understand this movie because there is a lot of Chinese culture in this. There's a lot of like, ju- like in all serious, like that's probably why we don't fucking get half of it. Oh, I enjoy yeah. some of it. Some of it I think is a bit weird. The probably coke nail wasn't fucking needed, and like maybe just write more for your female characters. Yeah, that, that was that, actually that just, could be done. That was just uh, was it James Hong? He just insisted on having it with him at all times when he was in it's costume. Like, it's for the performance. <laughs> I need it. You're, for- you're, you're just scratching your nose a lot. <laughs> James I am low pie <laughs> he's just like he hates you so he keeps calling himself low pie all day change Bring the script change the, <laughs> change the script change the script this is golden <laughs> hey if you notice there's no green eyed girls on set quick change the script so it's a green eyed girl <laughs> just everything he, he improvs in his coke fueled rampage <laughs> it's just like okay da- okay uh, James you're gonna we want you to raise out of this coffin here and you, you, this is where you're gonna meet the main guys in the truck it's like I want a gang war it's like <laughs> you heard the man give him a gang war <laughs> um, but 
So yes, they have to do this big ceremony then where they kind of make the girl bleed and then he like drinks their blood and then he becomes yeah. like human again or mortal yeah. again or whatever. Yeah, so he becomes that's mortal, why yeah. You, that's why you mentioned the needle earlier and that like he uses this needle to like prick them with to get blood. But then he uses the coke nail at one point as well. So I'm just like, make up your mind, low pang. Um, but like, yeah, he's lost his mind. He's this weird demented fuck and he's a bit, he's fairly ominous. I will say they do a very good job making you think that he's quite dangerous. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, it's like, especially with his light bulb eyes and mouth, essentially it looks like he can just like mind control people. I think is his power. Yeah. And, 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 and this was, this was great because this was like the first, I know I haven't seen any of the movies and it sounds like a ridiculous comment and statement for me to make, but I've seen clips of it and stuff. But this is the moment when I saw that effect the first time in that alleyway fight. Mm. This was where I was like, oh, this is a John Carpenter movie. I don't know if you got this, like, it felt like a very John Carpenter, maybe it's very 80s effect or one that people have kind of been inspired by, but that's, that felt very horror movie-esque to me. Oh yeah, where for me, like, where I really thought John Carpenter was... Like in the costumes in this movie and some of the the costume okay. the monsters definitely yes there's monsters there's monsters <laughs> we'll, we will we will get, get to <laughs> we'll get to um so yeah so like I think the other <laughs> the other thing I enjoyed the only thing I said about David Lopin is um that uh my favorite realization is that we mentioned earlier Kim Cattrall gets captured Grace Law the lawyer the lawyer law and uh that's just such a fucking boring way of saying anyway um so they they get she gets kidnapped as does um wang chi's fiance and so he does so they both have green eyes so they both kind of fit the criteria of someone that um david lopan can marry so he does this test like i mentioned where they have to go down the hallway flip a few swords they both get given a sword they rise up they touch the light they don't burn neither of them so david lopan is like they both pass the test i'll marry them both and i'm just like (laughs) Was that ever part of it? Were you just like, <laughs> you're just like, oh well, I guess I'll marry them both then. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that I just thought that was gas of him oh, to just yeah. be like, I guess I look, it's the fucking prophecy. I guess I'll marry both. It's like, oh, you see, oh, guys, I didn't tell you the fine print. It actually said I have to marry two women. Oh, sorry, henchmen. <laughs> um, I suppose this is a good point to get onto the henchmen. So, um, the henchmen they are these three, um, sort of magical beings uh, represented by three types of storms I'm going to say they're called the three storms they're rain thunder and lightning yeah Uh, and they're fucking badass they are the best bit about this movie (laughs) apart from the how they all die otherwise the best part about this movie so walk me through them what's what are you what are your thoughts first of all you know that gang war we've been referencing throughout this movie yeah, they're do you want to in- just talk about that now? Because that's probably where they're, they're the yeah, most badass. Th- th- yeah, this is where they come into the movie, essentially. Like, so this is after Kurt Russell's drove his truck up into the middle of an alley. And there's a very sudden gang war, like, attached, uh, like happening all around him. And he's clutching his knife. It's like, it's, it's honestly the trucker version of clutching your pearls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is just clutching his knife, like, worried. And that's when these three men descend from the sky, shouting, all looking very suspiciously like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, for one, 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 one I'll say is that they were apparently inspired by Raiden. Two, what I'll say is how Raiden this scene was is in, set up. Raiden was actually inspired by them. Oh, it was? Yeah, that's oh, maybe what I, I got this. Did, did I read oh, that, that wrong? Oh, that would make sense. We'll yeah, just... did I read that wrong? I thought that's how I read it, was actually the, these characters were the inspiration for Raiden. And actually, Lopan was the inspiration for the sorcerer from Mortal Kombat as well. That would make... You know, that would probably make sense on... Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. That makes sense because this movie came out in 1986 
and this was first the Mortal Kombat was first released in 1992 oh, so yeah, yeah there you yeah. go apologies uh, I read it wrong and so yeah so what happens in this scene is it's obviously they're, they're, so what happened is as I mentioned earlier about um, Kurt Russell and Wang Chi getting um, you know coming from the airport after their uh, Wang Chi's fiance has been kidnapped they're chasing they follow them to China Chinatown they take this turn then all of a sudden they see this funeral approaching them and then they're like, oh, well, I can't reverse now. And then all of a sudden, this other gang kind of comes up behind them. And it's mad because one of the gangs go, right, let's just shoot at them all. And then the <laughs> other gang are like, oh, no, and they dive away. And then and they take their weapons out from the coffin because they were so ready for this. They were so re- they were so ready for it to the point where they didn't bring guns. That's the point. I'm That's what I'm thinking of. Owen, is that like they, they use the things they hold the, the coffin up with as weapons, but they take those out. They Whoever died, well, they're just in the middle of the street dead. And then they dive off into the side alleys. Then they come back out. They were in white robes. Now they're in black robes with yellow belts when the other yeah. guys are in black robes and red belts and then they have a full martial martial arts battle which just made me think why did the other focus just not keep using the guns like they just they stopped using guns to resort to like hand to hand combat and I'm like you were doing so well with the guns (laughs) keep that up they were rationing bullets because they're actually really poor (laughs) that's fair that's fair but it just made a bit like so what I loved what I fucking this scene was so fucking badass purely from the purely from the the limbs bending like yeah. someone would just hit someone in the leg and their leg would just bend then you just shove someone's head into like the gap in the wall and their head would just bend and stuff yeah. it was just limbs bending it was, everywhere it, it, it was, was a fucking really, brutal it was a visceral fight and it was just like people being thrown through windows and things and just like yeah I'm, like bones breaking and really trying to show like hard impacts of the fighting like it was really well done yeah and like stunts action like this where the movie was like it kind of like you're kind of thinking it's going to be like a Die Hard or something like that. I know I keep referencing Die Hard. I should think of an alternative, but Die Hard is all that's coming to mind. Uh, in that it's just the like I said that everyday man trapped in a like bad situation happens on him. His best friend's missus gets stolen. Oh no! But then you realize, oh no, he is not. He he's not. Um, you know. Uh, he is not the movie and it's happening to him. He is in a movie. He's in a whole <laughs> different, bigger plot that does not think, revolve around him. This explains the movie so much better if you just imagine Jack Burton is just a character who just walks into this, like, martial arts movie. That's what I take it as. And that, like, yeah. You have the shootout, which is your kind of American angle, but then it goes full martial arts and it's like, no, this is the fucking movie. And it yeah. kind of... It, from there, from that moment on, it stays kind of martial arts. Yeah, that, then we go some, sort of the mummy... I would say when it takes like oh, the, yeah. you get like Lopan and then you get like the three storms who like descend from the sky in the scene and they oh, do so a whole flurry of like showing off the weapons like you get like thunder is like breathing a lot and things like that and then yeah. lightning is obviously just like like Jesus man this guy would do well at a rave because his hands go fucking 90 <laughs> and then you have you have rain I don't really get rain was he wet <laughs> I didn't really notice anything like so thunder, lightning, and rain. Yeah, rain did yeah. fuck all. Yeah, yeah, rain. rain just um, uh, he had two back scratches as his weapon. That's what I remember. I fucking have that here, you <laughs> bastard. I just have back scratches. <laughs> back scratcher. <laughs> back scratcher. Because huh? uh, the other guy had these weird, like, twisty. I can't explain it to the viewers at home. Yeah. But it's like I can't explain it. I just and one of them has like fucking like weird shirking things. Yeah. I don't know but yeah, they all look fucking scary, and they have very impractical headwear. It's a large basket on top of their head effectively pretty much and they come down and they just fucking kick everyone's ass <laughs> unfortunately for the gang uh immune to bullets it seems just oh 
don't give a where shit. they don't even show up on camera no <laughs> like, it's not it's just like it's a frame of the gang shooting and then a frame of the three guys just standing there and like you said they die very unimpressively oh that's i think like one thing that i did not remember about this movie is just how anticlimactic every single death is everything yeah every side everything every every death including yeah. low pangs oh yeah is... low pangs. I, th- I thought I, th- I thought that scene was badass when i was younger we'll get to it but like oh it was not as impressive as I remembered it being. Like, I suppose we'll just quickly rattle up. Well, do you want to talk about later how they die? We'll say it here. Uh, ah, yeah, I suppose we can cover it here because it's not really a fight or anything like that. Yeah, we'll, so cover, we'll cover the deaths. Rain Rain dies from when he's flipping, when him and Wang Chi are flipping in the air and Wang Chi just stabs him. By the way, uh, audience, if you've been paying attention, this is where that leaping joke that Gary made earlier oh, comes into yes. it. It was so much leaping in the fight. <laughs> so, so much. Uh, and then Rain, uh, Thunder dies after discovering Lopan dead. Yeah. And then just inhales too much to the point where he explodes like um, Violet from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but it keeps going a bit longer. Yeah, that was that was a weird one for me. It was like, he's literally like so angry he explodes. Yeah. And that's the moment. It's quite comical to look at. Very John Carpenter-esque. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The moment I remember when me and my brother used to watch this when we were younger, we would fucking rewind and fast forward to that moment and just piss ourselves laughing because it it is so funny from a out of context it's hilarious but yeah. like even in context not hilarious just odd and yeah it, like it is it's just like oh how's he gonna get revenge oh he just kills himself okay just sure. kills himself yeah. and then I have lightning like you say the cool guy for a rave how does he die he get bonked on the head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he went to horny jail <laughs> he just yeah, got he, bonked he just got he literally was crawling out of a hole and then Egg Shen who we'll talk about in a sec. Like, pushes a statue on top of him, hits him in the head, and then we just don't see him. Yeah, he blows up. It was quite oh, he dramatic. he does blow up. Sorry, yeah. He, yeah. He, he blows up in a ball of fire. Yeah. I forgot, sorry, I forgot that was him. At this point in the movie, I was like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Should we actually talk um, about, like, it's Lopan's death, since we're talking about, like, the whole anticlimactic yes. death, deaths? Yeah. So, t- t- going back to the famous rubber knife, as used earlier. So, uh, what I, what I, Kurt Russell does an awful job of trying to kill Lopan by throwing the knife at him. And Lopan just like deflects it. I think he deflects it with coke nail. Uh, by the way, completely coincidence. He was actually supposed to hit him, but uh, what is it? Dennis was just go- not Dennis. Sorry, James Hong was just going for some coke at the time. <laughs> Complete accident. He was looking for some inspiration for the scene. Uh, and it's, the knife gets knocked away. Then Lopan goes, "Oh yeah, the green girl that I just need to." So he's he has his wife beside him. He's just like at this stage, all he has to do is kill her, and he's immortal. Mm-hmm. And instead, he goes, "Oh, pretty knife." He just walks away from the knife, lets the girl go over to Jack Burton, Kurt Russell's character, and decides, oh, try to kill me? Well, I'm going to throw this knife right back at you. Throws the knife, and this is where we get that famous callback from earlier that Kurt Russell has good reflexes in this movie. And he literally just catches the knife and throws it back, and it just hits Lopan in the head and kills him. And the immortal it. sorcerer, right between yeah. the eyes, dead. That's it. That's that. That's how the sorcerer dies in maybe like a two-second shot. Yeah, very underwhelming. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I suppose uh, quickly we should probably just finish off this last, I suppose, important character, and then we'll get we'll kind of begin to um, wrap up with some last. Yeah, obviously, bits, but, the most um, famous Kate Burton playing Margot. <laughs> Margot is a reporter who briefly helps the team find me, my, 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 my Yin. I don't know. It's the name of his fiance, yeah. um, and. She does nothing other than the fact that she was 
Grey's Anatomy's mother in Grey's Anatomy. And it's weird she that also... They, it, it was weird they brought that up in this movie. Yeah, so strange. <laughs> um, I just, I was like, where the fuck do I know her? But other than the fact that she is literally in this movie for exposition. Oh, there's yeah. one scene in particular that is honestly a sin. Like, where they're like, what do you mean you're going to walk into Lopan's? It's only the most defended building of all of Chinatown. Home to, home to the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. You simply can't mean that. You can actually see her holding her script as she's going through. <laughs> like she, she was just like reading through her lines in the script. No, cha- no, Wang. No, you mustn't. It's only the home of the blah 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 blah. Then she literally does a whole yeah. monologue. That whole scene is a whole scene where they're planning how to break into this uh, de- Lo, uh, Lo Pang's kind of headquarters, and it's just so on the head. Yeah. Um, much like that bonked statue on top of lightning, <laughs> it is just dropped on you with no warning whatsoever. Yeah. It is painful. And that's all I have to say about her. She yeah, no, that's all she else. does. Like, honestly, I was just joking. Obviously, I know you were leading on to talk about uh, the Egg, Egg Chen. Ch- Egg Chen. Egg Chen. Yeah. By Victor Wong. Yeah, so he is the... He's like this tour bus driver who we initially beat, who kind of gets... Who comes into contact with this truck. And then from ever that moment on, they seem to be... He seems to be an integral part of finding Lo Pang and being able to, you know, have the knowledge to beat him. Um, I have down here a sorcerer and old enemy of Lo Pan, who also drives a tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> and he... Um, He's gas. I love him. He's a, he's a fun oh, guy. He, he, he was fun. Like he, he seemed to be having the most fun in the movie where he was yeah. just like joking around and he was just like, he was just like the anti-evil sorcerer who yeah. threw marbles at people that blew up. Yeah. And he had that, yeah. he had the magic potion and he had my favorite line of the movie, which is when I mentioned earlier about his, uh, that statue bonking lightning on the head. Uh, he's like above everyone else. And what happens is all the characters look up and they're just like, Action, how did you get up here? How'd you get up here? And he just goes, wasn't easy. And I just, I just really love that. I love that retort of, how did you do this? And he goes, wasn't easy. It just it gives you no con. Like, it's such a like, think, how uh, is your character there now? And he's just like, just I think, I, I like, and honestly, like, probably a line that would be just as good. if It's like if he turned around and says like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> yeah, it is like that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose like, this movie's a bit strange. Sorry, as uh, in the sense that it opens with a scene that happens after the main events of the that movie. Was, yeah, that was added in because Fox wanted... You look very unimpressed. Did I steal something I, from you, Gary? I was about to talk about the thing. <laughs> you go ahead, because you will definitely say it better than I will say it. <laughs> no, go for it. I'll let you say it. Oh, no. Now i got pressure. Okay, so the, the scene... The, in, the start of the movie opens <laughs> with Egg Shen. Stop laughing at me! With Egg Chen in a lawyer's office, and they're talking about like the lawyer's just like, okay, where where is Jack Burton? Like, because they're trying to like, leave sing. Jack Burton Bur- alone. <laughs> leave him alone. Uh, Br- the Britney thing is very topical at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. He literally says leave Jack alone like yeah, twenty times. He does, but uh, then, but then because the lawyer's questioning him about because it was a big green fireball in. Uh, San Francisco and the Jack Burton they're looking for Jack Burton because like apparently he blew up half the city by the way that didn't the blowing up half the city just didn't come up at all like I don't think there was ever a green fireball <laughs> or anything there was like there was when um, the three storms that's who kidnap um, oh yeah there's like a big lightning ball there but that's the only time I saw a big green so thing, was that so. what the lawyer was referencing then I think so that's the only time I saw a big green thing yeah, at the end yeah. again I don't remember the explosion at the end of the essentially movie. The, whole, the whole point of this movie is, the whole point of this scene sorry is just for Egg Chen to show off some sorcery by rubbing his feet on the ground a lot and making some static between his hands and uh yeah, and then to, to make Jack Burton seem like the hero of the movie because Fox did. Uh, Fox wanted to show that Kurt Russell was the hero of the movie, and uh, not yeah. the real hero, Dennis Dunn. 
Because like I said, the first thing we see him is he's, he's, he's in the truck and he's like, ah, another thing about him. he's eating a fucking sausage roll and he's talking shit about women on the radio to nobody. Uh, so, like, as an opening, I can understand why that might not be um, the most appealing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, again, he doesn't necessarily just, like, he doesn't actually rub his feet together and do static electricity. He just shows that he has magic and then that sets up that there's magic in this universe. Yeah. Um, which is Which is a bit of a shame because you would have liked to think that maybe... Like, you, you would have been surprised by it if that scene hadn't have been there. But, like, look, it's fine. Um, but the special effects, like, he just has, like you say, these marbles that he throws and he blows things up. But, like, in terms of special effects, um, there's a lot of explosions. There's a lot of... I have sparks and stuff. But I think maybe when I say special effects, I maybe mean more so practical effects. And this movie uh, definitely has a few. Oh, well, I've said, like, the most, the most useful special effect in this movie was lightning. Lightning hands. Lightning hands. Lightning got the most action. Then, obviously, there was the explosions from the marbles. And my favorite special effect was when they drank the magic potion and they said, I feel like it can take on a hundred men. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best special effect of all, honestly. <laughs> Them talking through the magic potions effects. Um, but, but in terms of the practical ones, like... Oh, I, practical I'm, effects were great in this movie. Like... It is rare when you see, like, costumes that actually disgust you. And I feel like the first costume that really shows up in this movie, and for me, this is when I was just like, oh yeah, this is a John Carpenter movie, is that fucking Neanderthal ape thing that comes out of you the You leave Kurt Russell alone! <laughs> leave Jack Burton alone! <laughs> yeah, but that, that ape was so disgusting. Yeah, like, the weird, way it's long like, toes um, and everything. Bigfoot Sasquatch kind of thing. Yeah, it's like red eyes. Like it just like it just looks slimy somehow as well. And balding. Like if I could describe an ape as balding, <sighs> this ape is balding. You leave Kurt Russell alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it looks because you can't. It's great because you can't get a proper shape on it because you think it's going to look like Bigfoot but yet the skull is so much more elongated yeah. and then you think it has a normal mouth but it's more like jagged <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like fucking more. it's great I think I know I haven't seen many of his movies but I've seen clips of the thing and I think the thing did a great job of being like you don't you, your brain can't work it out because it's not like anything you've seen before and I think this another monster but per, a particularly another type of monster is something you've never seen before in this yeah, yeah that, so that, that monster was definitely like complete again it's one of those things where like i was watching this movie and i didn't remember it until they walked by that statue where the the monster comes out of initially to grab yeah. Tracy law practicing lawyer it was just like oh yeah creepy monster things in this movie yeah and uh, then there's another monster that kind of you only see for a second like comes out of the wall and then egg shen like throws a marble at it and it's like and then yeah this is one of the classic examples where kurt also is like what was that and he's like and the egg shen's like never mind let's go and i'm just like no i like i like, <laughs> This is a like, valid reason for you to tell me what the fuck that is. I love as well as like there's the bubbling water and everyone's looking at the bubbling water and it's just like this giant angler looking monster just comes out of a hole underneath San Francisco and <laughs> just like eats a person and everyone's just like, oh well, time to move on. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> uh, but, and then the last monster, or the last notable monster, um, did it catch your eye? Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a few eyeballs on the situation. Uh, I didn't think you'd catch it. Eyeball. The monster is a big load of eyeballs. It is. <laughs> if I was, I was gonna say it. I, like I know, Gary, you might not get this, but in Dungeons and Dragons, there's a monster called a Beholder, which is like, oh a, yeah, it's like a floating ball with a giant okay. eye, and then a load of yeah, other yeah. tiny eyes coming around it. And yeah. this is what this reminds me of. 
Absolutely, yeah. Just, I, I can't believe I didn't think about it. Uh, maybe because I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, but it's uh, it looks it looks very it's very CGI. It reminds me of the labyrinth a bit, like that sort of CGI yeah. puppet. You don't know if it's real or fake and stuff, but it fucking comes out of nowhere and it's weird. Yeah, it's fuck. very. Re- I think the only time it's real is there's a point where it's like just not floating and it's just like you know taking a break, <laughs> sitting on the ground, and this is literally just so one guy can stick his hand up through the ground and pop yeah. it that eyeball tongue thing as it licks itself. <laughs> It's just like it crosses its legs as it sits, but it's two eyeballs crossing each other. <laughs> I want I want to see it at a tea party where it's like holding up mugs with like these little eyeball fingers. <laughs> oh, like, it's again, like yes, I please. Can you I pass do... the biscuits? <laughs> I wish. I... Can I have an iced coffee? Oh, uh... God. It's just like Frank. Shut up with the eye jokes. <laughs> we get it. Uh, but it's yeah so like that's that's something and like and the, the reason for that eyeball thing is that whatever he sees whatever the eyeball thing sees low pan sees it makes no fucking sense why it's in the movie but it's just fucking there and it, it's weird it, and yeah. it's crazy and it gets shot that's how it dies um, and or yeah stabbed, like that's part of, stabbed a shot oh shot I think oh, I don't okay. fucking remember it's just, it's weird that, that ending feels like a fucking dream actually speaking of the ending so we we're in this big tavern uh, like big cavernous cave it's a big ceremony it's very Indiana Jones vibes um, my favourite set from the entire fucking it's movie, fucking by great the it's that really, set really is good. from the neon lights behind like the ancient looking statues and everything like that oh that set yeah. was fucking class Re- there's really good scale the yeah. aesthetic of this it's, it's, it's a fantastic third act both under underground and above ground like from a set point of view and an action point of view yeah. less from a story point of view and from an acting point of view is pretty good as well yeah Apart, not not the deaths we'll take the deaths out of deaths it fuck, they, they, they yeah. Get fucked. yeah uh yeah the, honestly like in that chamber though like we had a fucking huge show battle showdown this is where uh, the three this is where the three uh storms fight off against our heroes kurt russell knocks himself out by just shooting his Valuable bullets in the air. Does he not know these are rations commodities in this neighborhood? <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we, then we get our, our main man, Dennis Dunn, being a badass. We also get the fingering fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly think this is how like all like this is like uh, when the two sorcerers fight. Is that when you're on the word? Yeah, the fingering yeah. fight. It was to confuse you and the and the listeners. <laughs> It is honestly, I wish this is how Star Wars fights happened. <laughs> I felt like such Star Wars vibes. <laughs> so what happens is Lo Pang has like this, was it on his ring or was it just from his fingers? I think it was he, just like, from his fingers, yeah. He just projects this green beam and then Egg Shen, um, the sort of, oh, the, his sort of enemy, or the, the good guy, projects something from like a marble and it projects these two light beams at each other. And then within the light beams, there's two people fighting in the light beams. It's like a sword fight. It's fucking... I'm just like, what the fuck? And they don't fight. And what's great is... What, the, Egg Shen just looks very stressed when he's doing it. But, like, just to imagine... Put, like, do the... Do, do like, as if you have oh. your, your hand <laughs> as a phone. Do, like, your hand as a phone. Okay? Yeah. Put up to your... Put it up. I know you haven't done it yet, listener. Put your fucking hand up to your ear and mouth like it's a phone. Now get the other one, put it up there, then connect the pinky fingers, put it in front of you. It's like a W now. You look like a low pang in the movie. Now move your thumbs as if it's a joystick. That's what he's doing <laughs> to fight. He's like he's like straining himself by like Again, I think that this is one of his like coke dreams is like they got, <laughs> they got him to do this and then he started moving his thumbs like he was actually playing a video game. Hey, what's James Hong doing? I don't know, but it looks fucking great. Keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> he's a genius it's a, genius <laughs> it's just fucking unreal 
that whole scene is wild. There's just flips. There's oh, there's so many flips and leaps and oh, so many fights. Honestly, I, I think I really like about this scene as well. Like, you've, there's been some henchmen that you've seen throughout the movie, and like one of these henchmen, he looks really familiar. And I can't remember die hard. Is it die hard? Okay. Yeah, I looked him up. He looked so fucking familiar. Yeah, he's he's the guy who has like the two swords and. Yeah. Uh, he's been throughout this movie and I'm just like okay this guy's kind of like maybe like a minor villain will anything happen to him he just gets ganked in this fight like immediately yeah. like I was, I was rooting for him yeah one of the things that I actually was quite surprised by um, for two reasons one was the just the, the score for this film uh, in, in some of these tense scenes but to see that the music was by John Carpenter himself oh was it actually I didn't know that yeah. one. Oh wow so uh, I have it here somewhere because uh, I saw it come up, it was like directed by John Carpenter, music by John Carpenter. I was like, wait, what the fuck? So apparently he was fed up with, I can't, it's down here somewhere, I can't find it in my notes, I didn't write it down, I'm an idiot. But basically he was fed up with a lot of the rock songs of the 80s and he was didn't want anything super like John Williamsy. So basically, uh, he, he, I just have it here at the end of the sentence, uh, Carpenter instead opted to use his trademark synthesizer score mixed with rock and roll music. So he yeah, wanted to use the synthesizer. Because it, it was very he synth- the music. It was very synth wavy. Like, that yeah. was, like, and that's why I think I loved that final scene as well with the neon lights and everything in the underground cave with the music. Like, it was just so well, it, it all came together, I think, for me in that scene. Yeah, like, I, I just think, um, as a movie by itself, like, it's got the, like, that scene is kind of sums it up. Yeah. Costume, aesthetic, scale, like the Indiana Jones vibes of the entire movie as well. They yeah. all come together in the last act and although it may be wacky, it's it's fucking great. It's a good yeah. ride. It just yeah, takes actually, a while to get there. I suppose that's a good point to ask. Like Gary, what was your like what would you rate this movie? Like would you would on the David scale? You fuck it's the Scanlon scale. Come oh, on. Shit. It's double S. <laughs> it's alliteration, man. Um on the Scanlon scale, I am like it's a hard one. That's a re- this is probably one of the hardest ones I say to put on the scanner scale because I think people should watch it, but I think there's a lot of people who would watch it and just fucking hate it. So I would put it on the level of nearly like Behoobly. It's that type of movie. It's the yeah. one you love in that like, it's so fucking wild. You should watch it for the craziness, but you really have to be in the right mood. It'd be good to watch it with mates and to kind of joke about it as it's happening. But like, if you're watching it by yourself, sitting down on a Friday with a glass of wine, you're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> a glass of wine is the worst thing that you could pair with this movie. The best being Coke. <laughs> Said to you Coke, by James Coke, Hong. Coca-Cola Zero. We don't promote junkies <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but yeah, and like I, I suppose one of the last things I'll mention uh, maybe is that my my difficulty in telling you whether you should watch it or, off, uh, watch it or not was also shared with John Carpenter and, and Kurt Russell because... 20th Century Fox really struggled to promote this movie um, to the point where it was a box office bomb because they just didn't know how to promote it and Aliens came out like soon after and they were just like fuck it and thankfully it became a bit of a cult hit after that yeah I, I can see why it's a cult hit because it is just one of those movies that I think gets better with time like I think it's like very Starship Troopers-esque where it's just like if you want like just a ridiculous time in like this 80s sort of action kung fu, kung fu movie like it's just it's fun for that like I feel like if you like yeah, I think Behoobly is a good example, but probably less extreme than that. Yeah, but, it's uh, less, maybe more extra. It's yeah, less... exactly. It's definitely more prog- progressive than Behoobly. What, because it has two main female characters <laughs> instead of one? <laughs> uh, because they have the hit squad of the, fe- the female hitmen. <laughs> Still, give 
give people give some women dialogue i think that's what they could have at least done i think that's that would be progressive <laughs> one's an exposition machine and one's just yeah. love interest exactly oh jesus and what's a depressing <laughs> i bet you they did that and then they were like hey i really yeah you didn't you didn't give um the love interest a lawyer uh, sorry or a job or a name i know she's gracie Lodge, she's just a lawyer fucking <laughs> uh, no question did they come up with the job first or the name first <laughs> Just, do you think it was like another one of those like Jack Daniels bourbon like things where <laughs> you just like Jack managed bourbon. to see, you just wanted to see like Gracie and then Law Firm like close together Gracie Law the Law Firm lawyer <laughs> <laughs> what do you think well, where would you where, what would you put it on on the scale and scale uh, I think when I was younger I loved this movie now when I'm older I think I, I like I don't I definitely don't like love it as much because there's so much that I just completely forgotten but like I, yeah I, I think exactly like a fun movie night with friends with having some yeah. drinks I feel like yeah. don't, you don't have to listen to the script too heavily like you sort of just like watch it for the like the scene the action the music the sets and I feel like you'll enjoy it well enough yeah. and I think there's only two people you can enjoy it most with be James Hong coke addict and Jack Nicholson <laughs> what we watching tonight boys <laughs> Right, Owen, thank you very much for coming on. It's so good to get you back on for a third time. Yeah, okay. N- next mo- next movie, I will pick something a bit more watchable. I'm like, I know I'm going like Bahubali, Knives Out to this. So my next movie will be Knives Out. <laughs> pick, pick something that's like, um, I don't know, like uh, some like Oscar Darling or something like that, that people have seen. I don't know. Oh, I'll leave no, it to you. actually, screw all that. I just thought of Starship Troopers. We're watching that one. Fuck off. <laughs> right okay fuck i'm not looking forward to that one <laughs> right doesn't matter own again thank you very much to our listeners thank you very much for listening if you want to know when new podcasts are coming out you can follow us at instagram at, at reading in the peers you can follow on spotify you can subscribe on apple podcasts you can leave a five-star review on apple itunes podcast where you write some nice words there and then i'll say something nice about you on the instagram who knows i'll do a fun thing um we should leave it there we really hope you enjoyed bye